Welcome. My name is Shaida and this is Her America. Today is a very special day for me because it is the first day of spring and it also happens to be my birthday. My birthday always falls on the first day of spring so that shouldn't be surprises to me but I'm especially feeling really excited now because I am just feeling the love today. Thank you so much to everyone who's already wished me a very happy birthday and and just giving me all the well wishes and hoping that great things come for me this year. And I'm just really I'm really appreciative of that because for the last couple of weeks it, it I've I feel that I've been in a under a cloud of rain, just feeling sad and and depressed and all of this other other emotions maybe because it was leading up to my birthday or maybe because of certain things going on in my life that I really really appreciate today and I just really trying to soak in all the love and happiness today and hope that that will um, manifest to throughout the year and hoping that I can have good things coming my way this year and I am. I, I have things to look forward to. So thank you so much for wishing me a very happy birthday. Today, I'm going to be talk, uh, touching on a very, uh, on a topic that I, that some of my followers, that most of my followers told me to highlight today. Um, leading In the past couple of days leading up to my birthday, I shared in my Instagram stories over on Instagram. So if you're not following me there, my Instagram is at ShaidaBangoBango underscore if you don't see it in the description of this episode, you could definitely see it in the description of this podcast. I went over on my Instagram to ask people what topic I should highlight for my birthday. And I gave a um, multiple choice survey. And a lot of my followers just chose being black in today's America. Or being a black conservative in today um, in today's America, I should say. Because I wasn't always a conservative. I wasn't, I didn't believe in the things I used to believe today. I didn't believe in the things that I do believe in today. The things that I will die, that I will die for. Yes, I will die on the hill of the First Amendment. I will die on the hill of Second Amendment. I will die on the hills of family values, things that I didn't always used to believe in when I was first politically active. When I was first, uh, when I was becoming more politically active, I went through an ideological, political, and somewhat a, and somewhat a theological and spiritual change about what I view how I view the world and how I view myself and how I fit into all of this so let's dive into it I used to be a feminist I used to be a leftist in the way that I think and I used to be very liberal liberal thinking I used to praise um, politicians like Congresswomen, AOC, and and Cory Bush. Ugh. Gosh, yes. If you want to ridicule for me that later on, I completely understand. I'm ridiculing my old self as it is already. So yes, I used to believe that institutional racism and the black victimhood used to believe in the black victim home i used to believe that police brutality was the biggest threat against black americans in high school i started my i started my political activism in high school i was joining campaigns campaigns for local candidates that were running for office like um county executive and and things of that nature I also used to be part of organizations that would help uplift um, young people's voices, especially if some of these organizations were left-leaning. In my high school, in the in my high school, um, the high school I graduated from, there was a particular organization there that I still um, that I still think that shaped some of the ways that how I view the education system, how I how I think the disparities that happen 
in the public education system is not always due to uh, racism, the boogeyman of all things, or just systematic racism in general and how there are bigger issues that are there are like forming the disparities um forming the ways that how students that come from very disadvantaged backgrounds may face additional challenges than than other peers than their peers so in high school i used to be part of a program called minority scholars And basically, it was a group of us trying to find solutions and how to close or narrow down the achievement gap that between minorities and white students. Because it was very, it was very evident that when you came from a low social economic background, we came from a situation or family that wasn't set up that didn't help you set up for a good directive in life you can face some serious challenges in the public school system especially if you go to a school that is in a district that's not being properly funded there are a lot of kids that fall to the cracks and i think after the year after the years in 2020 and 2021 we saw those disparities even grow because a lot of these schools have to revert to remote learning and even didn't and had to wrestle with going back to school and going back to remote learning which i which i believe messed up with a lot of students education it kind of wrecked some of their um development those those aren't when it comes to K to 12 years going to school from K to 12 those are really formative years for kids and adolescents in general you don't really want to dance around that and it really quite frustrates me even even though I graduated I'm outside of the K-12 system I've left public school behind me I understand just a just a little bit of what the challenges that are facing some of the kids that didn't grow up in a stable and or even helping environment to even um, to help them or have people around them to help them tackle some of the challenges they might be facing, whether if they're academics, their emotional or mental health. So yes, that's why I highlight the minority scholars program. I try to look on my old high school website and see if it was still there, if it still exists in the high school I went to. And it, it, it does. It's still there and it seems like it's still um more thriving as an organization. There's a teacher that leads it. He was one of my favorite teacher when I was in high school, when I when I used to attend there and he was great and so i'm really happy that it's doing well i don't think it's a bad program it was just one of the programs that helped me shape my political philosophy at this time and helped me really expose expose me to some of the issues that were really going on in the public school system that i may have not have known if if it weren't for this program then i graduated high school and went to college and when i went to college i started really going deep into my um, progressive roots I'm just so I was really getting there deep I used to join an organization known as ignite and if you're someone who isn't in college or a, a, a woman or a young professional woman or a woman that is in college ignite is a very feminist based organization it's very liberal in the in the ways that excuse me, in the ways that they want to tackle some of the issues that goes on in the workplace between men versus women. They really promote ideas like the gender pay gap and and how that is the biggest barriers facing women in the workplace today. Over the years, and especially since I've kind of left my liberal ways behind, I kind of, I have learned how some of those issues that were very that ring true and dear to feminists um, can be easily debunked with with statistics, studies, and even 
arguments that make much more sense to why um, um, why feminists believe that women are so behind in the workplace today or even college today. And so at the chapter of the university I attend I attended I attended I used to be the service chair for only a semester and I used to uh, ring an issue that uh, bring issues that we should care about raise money for and I'm really um, I'm okay with um, with what I did in that organization I don't think um, the I looking back I really dived into these mysterious lies that feminists used to claim how uh, abortion is women's rights and how the gender pay gap is holding women back in the workforce I highlighted an issue that was really important to me and I raised money for and helped raise money for an organization that helped women, help black women in the healthcare space. So overall, not upset by that, but Ignite is a very liberal organization. They really promote ideas like abortion is women's health rights, um, the pay gap, gender pay gap, and just feminist this feminist ideas in general. So I used to be quite the progressive, quite the liberal, quite the feminist. And so that went on. So we're here in 2020. And it's March and April, March and April 2020, a pandemic hit, which kind of led the put the world on pause for a bit and it was quite um upsetting during that time very very stressful for a lot of people because we weren't really sure what was going on we didn't know a lot about the virus and so a lot of people were just already on their feet as it is and then this happened the george floyd incident the video the infamous video captured of a black man being underneath uh, what seemed to be the knee of a white police officer that took the world by storm. And this sparked outrage. As you guys have known, Black Lives Matter was taking, was making, taking marches down to the streets. I'm all for the First Amendment. I'm all for exercising your right to protest. I will always, always die, stand by the First Amendment, stand by protesting and doing it constitutionally. I don't care if, if I, do, I don't care if I politically disagree with what you're standing up for, but because we live in America, because the First Amendment is that important to me, I will protect your right to do it. And so Black Lives Matter took to the street and riots and mass destruction was caused because of this one infamous video of George Floyd what seemed to be in seemed to be crying and and somewhat unconscious underneath um, officer Derek Chauvin since this video has taken place officer Derek Chauvin he's no longer an officer now but um, he had to, you know, resign because he was facing trial and he ended up getting, he ended up facing, ended up being guilty, found guilty of all the charges against him. And he's now currently serving his time. I believe he has been sentenced or maybe not. Maybe if I, if I did a quick Google search, has there been sentencing hearing? Yes, it's been a minute, so I'm not really up to date on these things. Yes. Yes, so he's been sentenced and he's going to be serving over two decades over that incident. This incident, George Floyd, I always shared how I used to believe how institutional and police brutality used to be the biggest um 
threats towards black Americans. And I didn't go to any of the protests. I, I was just watching the news and following the story as it, as it went. It wasn't until my uncle sent me a video of Candace Owens. Yes, that, uh, <laughs> that iconic Facebook video of Candace Owens um, destroying the narrative that police brutality is the greatest threat among black Americans. She, as you may know, during that time, Candace Owens posted a video to her Facebook or to her Facebook initially because that's where I saw it. My uncle sent me this video and that's where I uh, was introduced to Candace Owens. My uncle is in a, is my family. Some of my family is conservative. Some of them are not. And so as a conservative, I didn't become a conservative because of them or they didn't have that much influence on what my political philosophy even today. But yes, I am not conservative because of them, even though some of my family is conservative. Some of my family are not. Are, some of my family are conservative. Some of my family are not. So there's that. But yes, I saw that Candace Owens video. Now, of course, Candace Owens received massive backlash for that because it was viewed insensitive at the time. Like, how can you say something like this? But I think even a time like this, a video like that was needed because a lot of people were feeling the emotions and really leaning into their emotions over this video. And of course, of course, how can you look at the video of George Floyd being underneath um, being underneath Officer Derek Chauvin and not be torn by that? But I think Candace Owens really broke down the statistics between um, police interactions among white Americans, black Americans, Americans of other races, and really showed that how police brutality is not really a, a threat to black America. I think if anything, police brutality is an all race issue. It's not an issue that predominantly hurts blacks. Um, according to the statistics um, provided, that is far from the case. So I'm really happy. I'm really relieved that even as a young black American, um, my chances of being harmed by a police officer are real low, but that doesn't take the severity away it doesn't take um uh, it doesn't really in, it doesn't really invalid someone else's experience if someone else had a negative experience with police just because i am a black individual in america and i haven't been hurt by police officer doesn't mean that I, i'm not going to look at another black american and say like hey d these your experience are not valid between people are not valid i still believe that they're is can be certain issues that goes on police that could be helped if police officers and communities talk to each other talk more to each other and i think um watching kenneth owens video it really helped it, it really helped me question a lot of things i started going to a rabbit hole watching um videos mainly by black um not black but very politically active conservative commentators for instance, I watched a YouTube video that was um, focused on a debate between black liberals versus black conservatives. And it was a video by Vice, the YouTube channel. And if you don't know what Vice is, Vice is a, is a news network or a news outlet, media outlet, some way that really want to have the set these like unpopular debates between groups of people that have opposing viewpoints and it's a really good um uh, channel to navigate if if you're if you're someone who was trying to step over step over to the dark side and see like what other people people that are politically opposite of you or even just ideologically opposite of you and how they think about the world and how they view the world so I watched this and there was somebody very iconic in this video, Rob Smith. And he's someone that I follow. He's someone that I began to, uh, whose work I began to admire and someone 
that I really like listening to and he has his own podcast which is called Rob Smith is Problematic and he was also in this video and it was a video like this because at this time I wasn't really conservative but I was starting to make certain questions. I was I was starting to make certain questions about police brutality and how that affects black America. I was starting to ask questions why black Americans, even though we should, in, in today's world, we should have every advantage, advantage coming our way. But how can we be so far behind? How can we be so far behind as far as the ed, ed, academic? Why aren't blacks performing well? In the education system today why aren't blacks having stronger family family units these were the things that i was questioning during this time i had questioning during this time so looking at this reading looking watching this video i was laughing at some parts of it some parts of it were funny but i think some of the black conservatives on this debate really made some very great points that I suddenly had to take into and analyze even in my own life. So that was, that is what it was then. And if you want to see the video, I think I can share, I will, in the description of this episode, I will share the video of Candace Owens' Um, infamous George Floyd incident video that she shared on Facebook if I can find it if I can't it is what it is maybe Facebook took down but I also will share the video that I watch um as I was like diving into my um this soaking my feet into the conservative waters and I'm going to share uh, share the link of the Vice video that I watched between black liberals versus black conservatives. And I want you guys to watch it and see what these are the conversations. It's very reflective of the conversations that even as me for a black conservative that I have with my um, some of my liberal family members. So, yes, I also started. Um, watching more of PragerU videos. And as you know, PragerU is a very conservative organization. They have a very predominant YouTube channel and social media presence overall. They tackle issues like the family unit, the education system, um, systematic racism, how uh, Big business, big government is how how that can crumble, um, how that can ruin people's life in general. And as I watch you videos, I was just binge watching them, like one after another after another, because they're very short, and you can get a lot of information. <laughs> you can learn a lot from um, watching those videos. And so I started to find um, where Prager you was on social media trying to find them on instagram and facebook and then later that year in november 2020 i officially joined the prager force program which is a network of college students and young professionals who just want to help each other how to navigate this very dominating liberal world and through prager U, I also found organizations like Turning Point USA, which a year later, I ended up going to a conference by Turning, Turning Point USA. It was a, the Young Women's Leadership Summit, and I ended up having a great blast. I'm still connected to some of the um, friends that I made there, some of the other being around like-minded women like me. It was such a, a, a one of a, like such a prosperous and such a great time. I had such a great time over there, and I'm just so happy that I got to meet Charlie Kirk, um, who else, Alex Clark, who else did I meet, Morgan Zegers, just, I, Benny Johnson, just, uh, I am going to try to go to more Turning Point USA events this year when they come, so yeah, that was really awesome, and I also got connected uh, to Young America young america's foundation and i just got more t as i started expanding and networking through these conservative 
networks, I just became more in touch with people and just and just becoming more politically involved. I also started reading more conservative books. For the year of 2021, I began um, reading books that had uh, that were basically written by conservatives and tried to help me shape my help me strengthen my political philosophy. I was just trying to find um, books that will help me have better arguments when it came to topics. Like the family unit, why being pro life is actually pro woman, and why things like systemic racism and gender pay gap is a lie. It's a lie that we tell women. Women is a lie that we tell young black kids that that those are the biggest issues that we are facing. And I'm trying to find the book. Oh, I'm trying to find my reading list of 2021. So these were some of the books that I read in the year 2021 that I think you should read too if you're somebody that's interested. I read Blackout by Candace Owens. Yes, I had to purchase that book when she first um, published it and got it out. I also read Front Lines, which was written by TPUSA Comedy TPUSA contributor Isabel Brown, who I also got to meet um, last summer when I went to that conference. That yeah, young um, young women's leadership summit. I also read "You're Not Enough" and "That's Okay" by Ali Beth Stuckey, and she was really phenomenal at <laughs> really phenomenal in the way that she speaks and i just really appreciate some of these women in the conservative women and what they do they really do inspire me to be better and to be more actively involved in the politics space and it just showed that even as a black woman i do have a, a space in the conservative movement i used to believe that conservatives would would be discriminatory towards black people and i think that's just another lie that i used to believe when i used to believe when i was liberal and and i and i cannot tell you how embraced i feel as a woman as a black american i am in a conservative movement when i went to when i go to these conferences when i go when i meet other people who who are like-minded they are so happy, so excited, and it's just so relieving at the same time. And and I and becoming a black conservative, I lost friends. I'm no longer close to people who uh, I thought I was close to, and that comes with a price. When you want to stand up for truth, when you want to uh, speak out and share the things that you believe in, and you want to. Um, be on on Paul Jagger. There are going to be people that are going to cut you from your life, and maybe that's a good thing. Maybe it should show that your friendship wasn't. If you have to hide a part of yourself just to keep your friendship alive, then is it really a friendship? Now there are some people that I'm still friends with, even to this day, even though I'm outspoken as a conservative, who I still love, and 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 you know what I think. That really goes to show that you don't know who your friends really are until you change on them and then they start to disappear on you. So as a conservative, here are some of the things that I believe that I'm very passionate about. I'm very passionate about school choice. As I shared before in high school when I was a part of the minority scholars program, I was very active and, and and very proactive in how to find solutions, uh, closing the achievement gaps. And school choice used to be something that I used to hold dear to my heart, even as a liberal, even as a progressive. I used to be, a, 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 I, I see the statistics on what school choice, how school choice can help students, especially those of disadvantaged backgrounds, um, not fall through the cracks in the public education system so yeah even as a liberal i used to believe in school choice haha <laughs> um i i am now pro-life and 
pro being pro-life was something that I even had to evolve coming around evolving around I even when I first started as a conservative or someone that lean conservative I wasn't really sure if I was pro-choice or pro-life and I was sort of in the middle but now I've come to a full circle moment and I know that and I've learned how the abortion energy industry targets black women and black babies and so as a conservative I really want to pull back the curtains on what the abortion industry is how it's harmful to black women and just women in general but especially black women because it seems to me that black women are our main target for abortionists i'm also strong on family values i believe in limited government i want medical freedom and that means uh I want people to have more say in their healthcare in in the healthcare system. I also think that hospitals should be more transparent when it comes to prices of some of the treatment and expensive surgeries, and so that will allow people to make um, better uh, decision involving their health. I also do believe that there should be no vaccine mandates um, ever, and that was something that. I was pretty neutral on um, even prior um, to the pandemic. I think medical freedom is something that us conservatives has taken up on arms on. And yes, I c- you can be for medical freedom as as well as pro life because healthcare involves around saving lives, and you can't really save a life if you are for dismembering babies. Yep, I said it. I am for free speech, freedom of press, religious liberty, so basically the First Amendment in general. I will die on the hill of the First Amendment and and very pro-two-way. I also believe that the right to firearms and the right to defend yourself should never be infringe upon i'm also a free market capitalist i believe in that in the way to progress as a society in a way to help dismantle issues uh, that hurt us even as middle america seems to be crushed by the these ignore extreme grass prices right now middle and working class America seem to be crushed by now by these extreme gas prices. I think the way to help combat issues that we care about, issues in health care, issues in the economy, issues in the public school system, I think we need to stop turning to government and start turning to what the private sector can do, what free markets can do for a lot of people. I think... Um, Free markets are is, is a great way, a get a great uh, a proactive step to take, in helping to find um, concrete solutions to some of the biggest issues that we see in America. And even as a conservative, I do see right now how the left loves loves to scar black children the left loves doesn't like children as you may see as from extreme take as well as advocating and passing laws that will hurt children extreme abortion laws that will target babies in a womb they also really shown that they hate black children they hate allowing uh, uh seeing a, a black child excel well by learning how to read and write properly how to do basic math and and learning about history and science and not in the way of a leftist lens but the objective truth of what goes on in american history i just remember that as a black girl navigating um, black girl in school there were some things that I were ta- 
that I wasn't taught in history class throughout all my 12 years in the public school system that I finally learned once I got to college. And I think to myself, how come I didn't learn about these things when I was in high school? This would have, this would have been really something, this would have been really helpful for me to learn. But I think because the left has such a hold on some of the major institutions in America, from media to education to the political to the corporate world, that even someone like me has a hard time trying to uh, fight this hill that seems so upward. It just seems very... It's an uphill battle for a lot of us black conservatives that are a little late to the game when it comes to the issues in the education system. So I believe that um, going forward, we're going to need to take a stronger stance against the public education system because right now what we're seeing is not going to be great for children in general, especially for black children. They're they're more illiterate today than they were 10 years ago, 20 years ago, 15 years ago. And that just... That really upsets me. And really, what really upsets me with the critical race theory, they're literally okay with separating black children away from white children. I'm sorry. I thought we let we were behind the days of segregation. And now that when you go to school, there have been stories shared through many local media outlets of how parents were outraged black parents especially were outraged how their sons and daughters were being segregated in separate classes based on their race and so the public school system it it's not going to help our children and in the way that we go about it is we need to learn what's going on in the public school system we need to become more real more aware of what is in the curriculum what policy they're upholding how they are targeting black children with critical race theory. And the way that we're going to combat that is more school choice efforts. We need to help black families get out of the public school uh, public school system that aren't serving their children and put them into really good ones like charter schools and madness schools and homeschooling programs and also help tutor. There is a guy in Georgia that is trying to start his own charter right now and I tried to find him prior to making this podcast he calls himself King he is known as King Randall and he calls himself the new emerging king on Instagram and he basically started this school for black boys and in Georgia and helping them um navigate the world um and become more, perform more better academically and also fundamentally and help them with their overall growth, period. And I really admire what King Rendell is doing in Georgia and and just helping, you know, young black boys or just boys in general come, who especially come from very disadvantaged backgrounds and helping them pick up and, and start a life for themselves. And so what he's doing down there, if you haven't followed him already, just follow him. Just go to Instagram and follow him at New Emerging King. And you'll see that he is literally doing God's work and helping all these kids who may not have a good role model in their lives in general. And just helping them navigate this harsh world already. So... As a black conservative, it's very important for me to uplift values like like pro-life, school choice, family values. Because in black America, the family unit is dying. It's becoming a race, especially now that we see more um, black women and black men not getting married and not starting families together or just you, you know starting a happy and healthy two-parent household and i can dive more into this in another episode but on for this one i'm gonna be navigating how being a i'm gonna navigate how 
being a black conservative in a dominant liberal world. There was a particular time when I was when in college where I was discriminated against. I used to be um, there's different Facebook groups for your college or university. And in the university that I attended to, there was a class Facebook group that I was a part of. And that's where I started um, becoming more uh, politically active there. I started sharing how, as a black young woman, how how not all of us are thinking like not all of, not not black people are not all the group we all don't have to think the same but i started sharing how sharing my conservative beliefs and how i think that uh black americans are just being robbed by the democratic party and i was literally blocked by the facebook group i couldn't find it um after i was blocked and when i think about colleges today and how being a black assertive in in a college that's not friendly to conservative or not moderate and is very liberal because liberals have taken over the college education system as it is and all of these diversity efforts that you see happening across universities and colleges in america with equity and inclusion and diversity it's just that so those three words all together diversity equity inclusion and i when i see that around i know that's i think that's the grounds for discrimination discrimination because of course as a black woman they want to help serve me they want to help me they want to help me strive better in life. But the minute I open my mouth, the minute I'm vocal about being conservative, that I am for limited government, that I am pro-life, that I am for free speech, and I am for to a free market capitalism, the minute that I start talking like a Republican, then they want to shut the door in my face. It really shows you that the people that claim to be inclusive and tolerant and want to love all people of all races of all kinds they really show you their true colors when they're exposed to an idea or a person that doesn't really share their ideas some people do believe that as a black woman when they see me that i just must be a liberal or i just might be a democrat or i just i have to be someone on the left and when they realize that i'm not then something then they start lashing at me so let me tell you something about um about what happened when i was in when i was in college i saw i was part of a facebook group for my class and as soon as i started sharing how black students not all black students at the university start taking like and sharing how some of the policies that the administration was sharing how that could be harmful to black students and how that not how that could be harmful to black students it literally i literally had to be blocked from the facebook group and i was i was blocked from the facebook group because without no explanation without nothing just blocked and that really kind of boiled my blood and you know it really comes to show that they're not open to dialogue a lot of the times they don't want dialogue they don't want oppositions they want conformity they want you to conform and as time went on i just moved forward and i just let it go because there's no point in it because it really became pointless and it really showed you that the administration or whoever controlled the Facebook, the Facebook group, um, how they aren't friendly to black conservatives or conservatives in general. And they do not care uh, what skin color you are. They see that you're not, you're not speaking their language. You're not marching to the beat of their drums. So they have to kick you off. And that what happened to me. And I don't think even to this day that I am still allowed on a group. Maybe I'll just make an undercover Facebook um, 
group and I will just try to follow them from there. (laughs) Maybe I should, maybe I should try that. But yes, I do think that when it comes to universities and even colleges today, when they, when you see like efforts for diversity or even efforts for inclusivity, I think that just rounds for discrimination and they just really show that they're just not friendly to opposing thoughts or opposing viewpoints. You don't even have to be conservative. You just have to be somebody who is a free thinker, who's a critical thinker. So yes. So in today's in today's America, in a dominating liberal world, you have to stand your ground. You have to keep going. Yes, you're going to you're going to have some setbacks. You're going to have some pitfalls to go through. But there are three words that I want you to hold on to. If you don't hold on to anything I say today, just hold on to this. Hold the line. That matters so much. That doesn't, um, that's not holding the line, not as far as COVID and the COVID vaccine. And that could be another topic for another day. But holding the line wherever you are. There are going to be bullies wherever you go. And that's just a matter of life. A matter of life. But you have to stand your ground. You cannot pussyfoot around these ideologues because they somewhat think they're better than you. And they're not in, in, a, in a respective way. If we're going to make a change in where we are, whether we're in college or in the professional world, we have to hold our, stand our ground. We have to hold the line. We have to make, we have to do this so that way the next generation that comes in, the next group of conservatives can come through, can have an easier. And yes, it's going to be hard. It's not going to be easy. And as a black woman, as a black conservative, that pretty seems to be the theme of my, of the year for me. Holding, hold the line, stand your ground. And we have to, especially as black conservatives, I'm talking to black Americans as I say this. We have to change the ed- public school system. We have to. The The statistics of black boys and girls not graduating high school, not being proficient in reading and writing, not even being able to do basic math. That's not progress. That's literally the opposite. We have to do better for the younger generations. We have to properly educate them. And if that means taking them out of the public school system and putting them in charter schools that I don't care how we have to do it but we have to do it we have to hold the line if these these politicians they're going to make it harder especially if you live in a very predominantly blue state they're going to make it harder for you to get out of the public school system because they don't want you taking your kids out of the public school system they don't want you homeschooling your kids because they know that when they're equipped with the beliefs and the morals that you that you spew onto them that you teach them they are going to be better armed to face the world than they would be if they have grown up through the government school system so you have to hold the line there you have to hold the line and you have to be able um to network between each other as conservatives i'm very great i'm very good when it comes to networking i'm always trying to expand my branches and as things as well as that and so this is what i want to be the theme of today's episode hold the line Keep if you if you if you are somebody if you're a parent and you don't know what's going on in your kids' school school today if you don't know what they're teaching them you need to start marching down to school board meetings wherever they're happening and start educating yourself about who is the superintendent of the county that's overseeing the schools who's my student's teacher who's my kid's teacher who is the principal at the school who who are on the administration what do they believe in what type of beliefs are they espousing onto my children you have to hold the line and if you're a young conservative in today's colleges or even personal workspace don't feel intimidated 
by these liberal ideologues. They're really no different from you and I. If they start pushing back on you, if they start throwing threats on you, saying how they're going to expel you, how they're going to make sure that you leave camp, make sure that you get expelled or, or leave class or try to give you bad grades so that that way you flunk. And how it looks like you have to hold the line. And this is going to be an uphill battle. But I hope that in the face of adversity, you find some inner strength to help to help you walk this way. And just know that you're not alone. There are so, so many conservatives out there who, young conservatives who, who believe in things that you who want to fight for a, a better place in America. And so everywhere we go, we just have to stand our ground and hold the line. Thank you so much for listening to this episode. I cannot believe that I'm finally 22. Um, thank you so much for giving me all the encouragement that I very well needed today. And may God bless you and have a great day. This is Her America. <laughs>